Welcome to Functional Design Enclosure. I am Nate Jones. And I'm Christoph Newman. We're here to help you use closure and functional programming to make your everyday life as a developer less frustrating and more fulfilling. That's right. Uh, every week, we like to get together and talk about closure, how to use closure, things we've learned in closure, share a little bit of uh, our wounds, if you will, from the past, <laughs> the uh, bat- battle scars <laughs> and things like that. But this week, well, this is our hundredth episode, so we're gonna take a little bit of a different tack. <laughs> yep, we kind of we kind of paused there for a bit, and uh, and so it's nice. To, it's been nice to get back going on the uh, on the recording bandwagon. And uh, so as soon as we got back on it, I knew that this was going to be a special episode. It's one we were looking forward to for a while, and so now we are finally here. We're finally, and this episode is going to be published on Thanksgiving Day in the, in the U.S. So we thought, what a great theme, but thankfulness for what, what, what we're thankful for in the closure community. Yes. So happy Thanksgiving, everyone. <laughs> to those who celebrate. <laughs> yes. Since this is Thanksgiving Day, um, maybe you're listening to it on Thanksgiving Day. <laughs> maybe you're doing other more important things, which we completely <laughs> understand. We will be thinking about what we are thankful for about closure and and the closure community and you our listeners and and a variety of things. Definitely, I know that where this podcast came from, its origin story, Nate, is you and I were using closure a bunch mm-hmm. and we were learning a bunch and we were having we were having a lot of trouble. We were on this curve where we were going from closure is difficult, but I'm struggling along and I'm having fun, but it's challenging to feeling more and more and more momentum as we figured some stuff out and we found patterns and things like that that we enjoyed using. We had a certain new perspective on the world and we wanted to... Well, we found ourselves talking about that all the time. And we thought, well, we should share this. We're we're talking about this all the time. We should share this. And <laughs> there aren't a ton of things in my life where I feel like, man, other people really need to hear this. Right? This is this is an important thing. This is a big deal. Yeah. And so Closure, yeah, closure, my experience with closure has definitely been one of those. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's something that you knew, I knew there was something to it. You know, I remember watching some of the, the earlier Rich, Rich Hickey talks and, and knowing that, you know, the, I mean, functional programming in general, but then also closure specifically had kind of come on my radar several times. And so I was a, a fan uh, for many years before we got to use it, I got to use it professionally. And so I was, I was very interested and I, I pushed and I would often gather other people, other developers and say, Hey, let's go help. You know, let's all go learn closure together. Uh, and we definitely had a lot of stumbling and, and so it was nice to be able to, as, as you learn things, as you, as I learn things, as, as I got more comfortable, I thought, wow, I really would love it if I could tell someone else this because, once you once you're over that hump, there's just so many benefits, so many things that are good 
that you want other people to come into that because it kind of, I think there's a lot of, I've heard a lot of times over the years that, you know, closure kind of, uh, re renewed or redeemed programming for people for older developers. And I think that has happened for me. Uh, I guess I can classify myself as an older developer now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Doesn't feel like it, but, uh, but I've been doing it for a while. So it's, but yeah. And so I think that that'd be a good place to start maybe is what things about closure itself are we thankful for? Yeah, Clojure has definitely reinvigorated my joy of programming. And Clojure has allowed me to experience that joy mm-hmm. in non-trivial programs. So it's always fun to sit down and whip up a prototype for something and 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 try. I've I've done that in many languages and I've learned a ton of languages. I mean, I've I've been around the block. And I even did research in programming languages for a while. So, so I've, I've tried all the things. <laughs> so it's fun to whip up a prototype. But Clojure is the first language that I've used where when the program starts getting really big and getting more and more and more features, it's still a delight to, to extend. And I'm just very thankful because I love I love working on something for the long haul and and seeing it come into maturity. Mm-hmm. And for mm-hmm. me, it's like so th- I'm so thankful that I can do that in a way and keep my sanity at the same time. <laughs> yeah, that's that's I think I think what the 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 feeling is really, you know, I I have gone back to many applications that I've either I've written or other people have written and you're just like, Oh, Oh man, I, you know, today's going to be a slog because I know I've got to, I've got to, you know, go through all this and try to load all this context in my head and hope, oh, I hope I have a meeting in the middle of the morning. So I know it's going to blow my whole morning because all that context is going to get, you know, uh, there's a lot of stuff I got to build up. And, and the nice thing about closure is that there's, I think it's, you know, the, the, the thing I like or I'm grateful for is, there's a lot of good design philosophies that went into Clojure that encourage you to write applications in ways that are easier to understand or more composed, <laughs> uh, that are built up from smaller parts that are on themselves uh, by themselves useful. And so because of that, you get to feel a lot of, uh, as we've said in the past, wind at your back where you're like, I know there's a lot of potential in all of this code, you know? And so I think that I'm grateful for the, the design decisions that were made many years ago, but that have built up to the point where the the language, the community, you know, everyone kind of is in this mode of making these things that are, that are fun to work with. Yeah, for sure. And it, one of those design decisions that for me was a big obstacle that has proved to be a huge joy is immutability. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I saw the potential for it because I was doing a lot of work with concurrent. I was doing some parallel processing, but mostly concurrent processing. And I first really sunk my teeth into immutability using Scala and realized like, this is great. I can just share this across threads and go. And it, and it made it made working on things concurrently 
uh, processing things sorry, concurrently so much simpler to reason about. Mm-hmm. And then uh, with go go blocks and channels, you know, so core async. What's it called? It's um, communicating sequential processes. Oh, CSP, right? Yeah. So with CSP, communicating sequential processes, that added a whole nother level of sanity too, because you you it's one thing to be able to access things without it causing trouble, and it's another thing to be able to get the results back and forth across the threads without causing trouble too. Mm-hmm. And I I don't think I could estimate the number of hours I have saved in debugging race conditions and just crazy non-deterministic behavior that I have avoided because of immutability and CSP specifically. So <laughs> core async is the CSP of choice and closure. You know, right. it's, it's, I'm like so thankful because that's some of my worst times programming in the past. And I am happy to wave goodbye to those. Not that I have never had a race condition since then, but boy, boy, it's a lot different than it used to be for me. Yeah. I'm definitely grateful for immutable immutability, immutable data structures. It's interesting. You say that it was your concurrency really was what made you like immutability. And I, my previous experience was in in Python and Perl, and most of most of the time when you deploy an application in that you're you're all, you're you're usually single threaded, just as a matter of of uh, recommendation. I know that there, you can do threads in those in those languages, but you generally tend not to. And so for me, it wasn't so much. Oh, good, I don't have to worry about under the thread modifying my data. I think for me, coming from the language the the land of object oriented programming. It was the data, even in my own thread, I just needed to stop moving for a second so that I can, I can, I can, I can work on it, you know? And so I think I got so used to just the unknown of, you know, you, you, you call this method on an object and you don't know what, what has changed behind the scenes. And so closure obviously doesn't let you do that. And so you you're, you're kind of pushed into first class data. And so, but because you're pushed into first class data, now data becomes, the language, like the, it becomes core to your application design. And so it's one of those design decisions, again, that forces you to change. But at the end, you go, oh, well, this is so much a better way of looking at the world and looking at programming that it's kind of like a, it's it's not, not even get, even outside of concurrency immutability is still, is a, you know, it's still a great, a great thing. So I'm grateful for that too. Yeah, that data-centric aspect that really, as we, in our last big series that we did recently on composition, we were talking about how you compose behavior and compose data separately in closure. It's funny to talk about composing data because, you know, we don't usually use that word. Right. You're just, uh, you're joining data, (laughs) mashing data up, (laughs) enriching data, whatever. Um, But... But that has proved to be huge for me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because it solved, uh, we were talking about this in our Slack channel. So join uh, Closure Design Dash Podcast in Closure and Slack mm-hmm. if you haven't yet. But all the bike shedding and <laughs> shall we call it a dogmatic fervor that comes from how to, where, where to 
put methods in an OO program and organizing OO, there, there's a simplicity, right, in, mm-hmm. in the way Clojure organizes things. And just that simplicity is great. It's, it's just, it's been so lovely. You know, it's gotten rid of a lot of arguments um, amongst <laughs> the dev team <laughs> that I've experienced in other languages. Probably the most extreme example is back in my Java to Enterprise Edition days. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Well, there, there's an old wound. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, think, I think the closure has the right amount of, uh, let's see, organization. You know, it's got namespaces and vars. And that's it. I mean, like, you, you don't need to have more complex structures. And I mean, one of the reasons why is because closure is like, a, it's a, it's a list, but single pass, you know, there's, there's a lot of like implementation design decisions that, that, that are either come from that or come out of that. But I think that kind of the, ma- the mindset is, you know, make things as simple as you can and useful and then and, and stop when <laughs> stop when you're when you're when you don't need to go any farther. I think that's a, a thing that I'm grateful for is that closure is mostly done. Like there's not really a whole lot of the core language needing to change. I mean, there's like, you know, new facilities or new interop, that kind of stuff. That's great. But the actual language itself is is done. And there's no desire from anyone that we can that I can see to make it any more complicated, and so I think that I'm grateful for that that being a part of my mind that doesn't have to change. I don't have to continually relearn my language. Yeah, I've experienced this with JavaScript code bases and mm, with Sc- yeah. Scala code bases, where I come back to the code base after a couple of years, and I can't even get it to run. It there, there's been changes in the dependencies Mm, and mm. in the Scala case (laughs) I've had where people have actively unpublished dependencies like they used to be in Maven Central and they've removed them because bugs and security and you know I'm I'm not saying they had bad reasons I'm just saying they weren't there anymore and so it's like oh no problem let me just bump the depths and no you know now it won't compile and I've had this with JavaScript and, and Scala quite a lot. And the stability, oh, it's so nice. It's just being able to run code and, and not have the language constantly shifting under you. Because it's so simple. It doesn't need to. You know, it's, I'm very thankful for that. That's, that's one of the things I never really expected when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say I'm real old, but when I was younger... <laughs> chasing after the the latest and greatest was kind of fun but then after you've been burned by a couple of tech cycles uh j2e was really my first one i bought into big time and got burned really bad the probably the like big 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 one i was like oh I mean, I've spent weeks and weeks and weeks at this point in time learning stuff that I just need to throw in the trash can. Ugh. You know, I don't want to do that again. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And Clojure has boiled it down to the, the Rich Hickey's design, really, in Clojure. So, you know, thanks to Rich <laughs> yeah. for making Clojure. 
but it's it's down to the fundamentals. So it's hard. There isn't really much to change, right? It's very simple, like you're saying. Well, and 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 because it's so simple, you're left alone with your problem, and so most of your headspace is is your problem is the is the thing you're trying to solve, which you know that's what we usually get paid for and have fun making. I, I want to solve the problem. I don't want to. I don't want to deal with the incidental complexity. I want to deal with the, the actual complexity of my problem. Right. And, and so some of the things I'm really thankful for in Clojure 2 come from things that I didn't know existed. Mm. And, and now that I have, I have tasted the, I didn't want to <laughs> say forbidden fruit. I've, uh, I've tasted the new way. It, I, I'm really thankful for it. I also don't want to go back. Uh, two of them is structural editing and um, REPL-driven development. Absolutely. And I thought I understood what a REPL was before. And, of course, we talk about this at length in our REPL episode. Um, we'll link in the show notes. But I just the REPL and structural editing create this state of flow and an experimentation where I, I can very rapidly manipulate the code in in a way that and I'm I'm you know we're Vim users so <laughs> I'm sure you Emacs people you you got your control key remapped and all that you're you're good so you're 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 experiencing it too but I, just it's rapid editing and trying things. And it reminds me, so Paul Graham writes about this in an essay, which we'll link in the show notes. I believe it's called Beating the Averages, but he talks yeah. about Blub. Blub is sort of that language that's dominant in the industry that everybody's familiar with. It's hard to imagine anything better than Blub, right? It's easy to see all the shortcomings uh, of something how when you compare it to Blub or Blub itself. But it's hard to imagine... Mm-hmm. And REPL-driven development and structural editing are not things I could have imagined. And, and then once I discovered them, it's like, oh, wow, these are great. And, and I'm so thankful because it's an entirely different way of making a program, like, like a process or a flow of making a program that for me was just life-changing. Yeah, absolutely. I think that was probably top of my list of things that I would say is I'm thankful for about closure itself is, is the REPL driven development or connected editor development because it's, it's like a every is, it's almost like, you know, uh, the old joke, you know, if everything, if all you have is a hammer, everything seems like it's a nail. Uh, well, I think with the REPL, uh, everything is accessible from that, your editor now because it's connected to an actual running application. And because it's a running application, you can do a lot more than you can do with your editor. Basically it's like your editor is now enhanced with all of Java and all of closure. And so not only can you use it for making your application, but then, I mean, our last episode was all about, you know, different things you can do in the REPL that aren't making your application. And so those yeah. only come out because it's such a, What's the, it's, it's like, it's such, it's so close at hand. It makes things so fungible that 
you can't help but want to use that for every problem that you have because it's because it's right there. Right. And it then, makes it makes programming more tactile. Yes. Right. And 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 then so then speaking of that tactileness, getting back to the what your the other point with structural editing, is that not only is the 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 runtime close, but the code is also this thing that can dance around very quickly with just a few keystrokes. I I remember when I first started getting into to, 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 to I I didn't really spend much time early on in Clojure where I was trying to balance parentheses myself. I got pretty quickly into Tim Pope's Vim uh, uh, S expression, and his, he's got a, a riff on another plugin too. So I, I very quickly got into do, using that, and you know, but there was a whole host of those those editing commands that I didn't. I was like, why would I ever want to do promote or slurp? Like I don't understand why you would want to do that. And then I did it once, and then I was like, oh, oh, it's all about the nesting, and the nesting is so regular in Clojure that any level of nesting can slurp or burf, barf or be promoted. It's just suddenly you realize that you're actually editing. It's like you're, you know, the movie, the matrix where you, instead of seeing a video, you suddenly see all of the green, you know, all the code. And it's like, now your, 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 your mind has been upgraded to see the code at a, at a lower level. And so because of that, then you're, then not only are you flying through execution, you're flying through editing Right, and then it, when you go back to JavaScript or Java, not, no, no knock on those languages, but because they're not structured the same way, editing is so laborious. <laughs> right, because you went so fast before that that it feels like it's slow. Even though you were fast before in the other languages, now you're so much faster in Clojure that the other one seems slow by comparison. Right, and it's not just an accretion of differences of time differences mm-hmm. like oh i, I add it all up and man i saved 27 seconds today you know wow you know it's 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 effect on flow that's mm-hmm. that's that's the thing that i never really understood before uh i like um so there's a book nate you told me about vim i think the subtitle is editing at the speed of thought so yeah, wh- whether you love vim or not but th- yes this connection between editing and flow right and 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 repling editing and repling and flow and it's 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 all mixed together and so that's the state of being that i get into enclosure code that's just so delightful it's so enjoyable and and you really see the effect of your changes immediately and and you're encouraged to create pure data-oriented things so that you can just repl them rapidly and unit test them rapidly and and um, and see the inputs and the outputs uh, clearly um, it's yeah it's 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 delightful yeah and and I, and I think that's one of the it it changes the way you think about programming and the way you think about editing which is really weird it's kind of the blub thing you said before it's like you don't realize that your mind is being changed until you realize that you're so different than it was before. And it's not like this is like, you know, morally different. No, no, it's it's just a there's a capability that you you can't deny. Yeah. And and I think that's one of the reasons why in the closure community it's really good that we focus we have this thing called hammock time because it's really easy to just get in the editor and start edit bang out right away. You can get as much 
code changes as you would in another language, you can get them done in half the time. Well, that means you can do twice as many changes. It's like, no, 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 no. Do the same number of changes, but spend the other half of your time thinking about it. Like ideally the first half, not the second half. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And, 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 and then you'll still have the same amount of quote productivity, but you will have spent more time thinking about the problem so that you're doing the right edits. So yeah, I think that's an interesting dichotomy. Yeah. And the closest thing I could compare it to is sort of is Maslow's hierarchy of needs. When, when you're out trying to just figure out how to, how to eat a meal today, it's, mm-hmm. it's hard to really think about your future other than get, getting some food in your belly. And so when <laughs> you're fighting your code base, because it's just exploding in random places, it's, it's hard to move up in the hierarchy and think about bigger concerns, right? It's, you're just yeah, trying absolutely. to like make the bug stop already, please, you know, make it stop blowing up. Uh, you know, you have a certain amount of dread. Oh, I got to run that code again. You know, I hope it doesn't blow up. Right. And so closure has gotten me out of all that. And, and, and I love that, you know, I, not that I never have to debug it. it happens, yeah. But. No, no, definitely still do. And so, so anyway, I'm very appreciative for closure and um, mm-hmm. that Rich, Rich Hickey made closure and brought it into the world. Thank and, you, Rich. Uh, yes, thank you. And <laughs> also thank you to Alex Miller for just doing a bunch of work with the community. Yeah, and absolutely. David Nolan taking the helm with closure script and running that. I was later to closure script, earlier to closure. But once I made the jump on the closure script front, oh, I, I love it too. You know, I, I I felt like, oh man, I should have done this years ago. And I also really appreciate Stu, your talks in certain concepts. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, the programming with scissors talk is the one that keeps coming back up and up and up. And that comes back to what we were just talking about—that REPL, that flow. You know, the idea that you're you can run a little piece of your code without it being glued to everything else. Right. And so, so you can rapidly iterate on this little part. You've, you've cut out this little part and you're working on it. And that's the scissors part. The metaphor didn't make any sense to me at first. <laughs> <laughs> Felt a little dangerous. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that, uh, I think, you know, the, the the whole core team, you know, past and present, you know, for the, their contributions, I think I'm grateful for that, for them. Um, I'm more and more grateful lately, lately for Mikhail Borkent, who's you know Bork dude, who's with his his endless contributions on many different projects. Babashka yeah. is probably one of my favorite uh, things right now. Uh, it was great to meet him a couple months ago at Strange Loop, so it was really fun. Yeah, Babashka has really changed things for me too. So in my closure evolution, going from closure and then also using closure script, and then now Babashka mm-hmm. has been been wonderful. Um, I don't use it as heavily as the other two, clearly, but yeah, it's it's been great. And I would also like to thank all of you listening to this podcast and especially the interactions that we've had. I know I've um had various um, chats with different people, different uh, video chats and meetings and 
over this last uh, year, and it's been great. I've learned a ton. It's been a lot of fun. I appreciate your support and the talks we have in the Slack room. So if you're not in there, come join. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's funny. We didn't really expect uh, as much of a response when we first started recording. I actually looked it up. Our first episode was released on November 2nd, 2018. So we were just over five years from that day. And I remember we had, we released a few episodes and then we kind of posted it. And I remember it kind of suddenly people started, started listening and it was like, whoa, there, I mean, we wanted to share, of course, but to have people who wanted to listen was just such a blessing, such a, I'm so, I'm so grateful for this opportunity to, to, to be able to, uh, to share and to, to, to learn so much from the people that we've shared with because they share their, their problems. And then it helps us understand better, you know, uh, how to, how to talk about closure. Yeah. And th- thank you again for posting the feedback and giving us your perspective. It's, it's wonderful and cha- challenging us on different points. Love that too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I definitely Absolutely. don't have the corner on all the truth in the world. That's for sure. <laughs> Love hearing that. And so, yeah, thank you so much. On a, on a personal note, um, a couple people stand out in my mind. One is Keith Irwin, who brought me into closure in the first place and has been super influential on my thinking. I know sometimes, Keith, you listen to this. Sometimes you don't. Got a lot of things going on. But, and then also Gene Kim has been a huge cheerleader for us since we first got this ball rolling. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. And just in, in terms of spreading the word, but actually just being very personally encouraging um, to me and Nate, I know you too, to both of us really appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. I want to sneak in a couple of more names for on my side that have, I, you know, structural editing is great, but, uh, the, the closure LSP project. So thank you to Eric Dallow for heading that up and, and making sure that keeps going. And then also Oliver Caldwell for, thank you so much for conjure and for the, just the, the, the way that it has leveled up my, my Vim editing. So, and being able to do a lot of really cool things with, because of that, it's really enabled a lot. So grateful for that. Yes. And I feel like there's so many projects and, and things that I, I, I'm delighted to see how Calva, Calva and its effect on the community. So Pez, yeah. I know getting that going, that's awesome. Exciting. I, the whole practicality series too um, is so great. You know, it's a great beginning. Um, almost everyone I've talked to, 90% of the people I've talked to, Closure for the Brave and True was influential in their early days. Mm-hmm. If not the first so, book they ever read, yes. Yes. Yeah, so Daniel Hickenbotham, you know, wonderful. And um, so, but there's, there's so many, I can't name them all. So I'm very sorry. I'm leaving important people out. <laughs> I think, I think in general, I, I think to say, I just, I'm thank, grateful for the community, the, the, you know, the, the closure in Slack, you know, the people that I've met in the various meetups, uh, the ones that I get to meet up in the at Los Angeles closure meetup are great. Um, both Darab and Tyson who co code host with me. I'm grateful for you guys too, but yes, larger, larger in, in the community. I feel the community is so 
welcoming and helpful, especially in the beginners chat. There, I, there's just so much patience and stuff. It's just amazing. So, yeah, very much. Uh, the community is huge. The projects are cute, huge. Um, you know, we depend on all the libraries. <laughs> great one one more one more i must say thankful thank you to and that is to you christoph i want to just say thank you for uh your friendship over many these many years uh for geek chat which is our tradition of talking about technology that kind of led into this podcast grateful for just all of the work that the experience you brought to making this a high quality podcast audio wise uh being a wealth bringing a wealth of experience and then also for doing a lot of the work to get us recording again. I really appreciate that. It's been fun to get back into it. And so um, I appreciate all of the effort that you put into it. So thank you. Well, thank you. I appreciate that very much. And I would like to thank you (laughs) as as my my last person to thank. Maybe not a huge surprise, but uh, thank you for diving into this crazy world of closure with me uh, back when I was working with uh, eSports leagues mm. and needed somebody I know could really, I could really depend on who would make it so much greater, but was also willing to take a big risk and go into this language called closure. You had done some, but, well, mm-hmm. you know, diving in full time in a high pressure situation for that project, you know, we only had a couple of goals. We needed to have no downtime, no data loss, <laughs> and get data through the pipeline in a fraction of a second. So just just a few small <laughs> aspirations. So you knew you were coming into a high-pressure situation with a brand-new language, and uh, you, you went for it. And you have had my back um, ever since. And so and I love chatting with you, and you've been a, just a great friend over the years, and I appreciate that. So thanks for making this podcast together. and but even more so just being a great friend. Thank you. All right. Enough of that. We're grateful for you, our listeners. And uh, if you have anything we, you would like us to talk about, uh, besides being thankful, although if that's what you want to talk about, that'd be fine too. Uh, send us a tweet at Closure Design or at an X. Okay, whatever. Uh, an email <laughs> to feedback at closuredesign.club. We'll also get to our inboxes. Uh, or our favorite is to have some real-time conversation in the Closure Design Dash podcast channel on Closure and Slack. So come on in there and ask us a question. Yeah, hop in. Tell us what you're thankful for. We'd love to hear that in this season of thankfulness. And you can get links for the things that we mentioned in this episode and find all of our other episodes and read some of our best quotes, or at least <laughs> the quotes we liked. Maybe maybe you know a better one. Best quotes. And all that, if you go to closuredesign.club. Great. All right. We'll be back next week with something new. One more time. Thanks for listening.